going to talk about something I like to call man woo-woo. It's a version of woo-woo, um, and I'm not talking about a, a woo-woo man. Not uh, woo-woo as is traditionally defined as unconventional beliefs with little to no scientific basis. Uh, I'm not talking about spirituality or mysticism or alternative medicine. So not, uh, not sensitive New Age guys or snags is the popular acronym. Not those assholes. Not male feminists. Those are guys adopting the feminine, feminine more uh, traditional version of woo-woo. That's basically a cunty coyote trying to get in the hen house. That's cuddle fishing. That's a male taking on the characteristics of females so they don't perceive them as a threat and then having sex with them when the female's guard is down, which is a valid and respectable occupation, time-tested, time-honored, but that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm not talking about woo-woo men. It's something I like to call man woo-woo. I guess now it's it's kind of called the uh, the men's wellness industry, which is kind of a broad term. Um, I like to call it man woo-woo. The uh, I think of it as the the masculine version of what we normally think of as woo-woo, which is a little feminine. Uh, the masculine version is a free testosterone-obsessed, phytoestrogen-fearing yang to the plant-based, essential oil-smearing, vagina-candle yin of woo-woo. It's all woo-woo, but uh, there's, a, there's a man version that's getting more and more popular and becoming a bigger industry. So, uh, and they're slightly different. Whereas traditional woo-woo, it mostly just disregards scientific inquiry for the most part, and it allows people to create comfortable, feel-good narratives for themselves. And it's probably safe to say that it appeals more to women than to men. Shit like spirituality, mysticism, alternative medicine, these, these, mm, they kind of appeal to our emotions more than our intellect. Because actual science, it's pretty cold and unforgiving. It doesn't care about us. And on the rare occasion, science actually gives you a concrete answer. It's going to open up a Pandora's box of new and uncomfortable questions. And most of us don't like that. We don't really like to live in an uncertain world. It makes us anxious. For all of our discoveries in science and technology in the 21st century, we barely know anything. Scientists barely know anything. And doctors know less than that. Like, what, have, what has humanity actually discovered or accomplished in science or medicine. We can split the atom, but we can't put one back together. We can put a drone on Mars, but we can't bring it back. It's it's going to be there for a couple centuries. And other than vaccines and antibiotics, which are great, modern medicine is pretty much just keeping people from dying long enough so that hopefully our bodies will just fix themselves. That's basically what medicine is. Medicine doesn't really fix us. It just keeps us from dying until our body heals itself. That's it. That's all a doctor can do. Science might have an answer to our question, but the answer's probably wrong. 
but we won't know that for another decade or two. And even if it is right, it's incomplete. On the other hand, woo-woo will give you an answer to whatever question you throw at it. Woo-woo has an answer for you. And the answer is going to be vague enough that you can fill in the gaps to suit whatever narrative will alleviate your anxiety. Woo-woo offers emotional certainty, and science does not. Woo-woo never disappoints us by saying, I don't know. If you ask Woo-woo why life seems to be kicking your ass lately, Woo-woo will tell you your sign is in retrograde and to put a little ylang ylang behind your ear before you go to bed. And it might help. It might help. It might get you to sleep through the night. Whereas your doctor might give you some pills and who knows if the pills are going to work. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows anything? Having an answer and a simple task to accomplish might just make life seem a little more manageable. And man woo-woo offers that same kind of comfort for men. So our classic woo-woo is based on fictional alternatives to science like astrology. Man woo-woo is based more on cherry-picking whatever appeals to you from the salad bar of actual science. So I don't mean to imply that man woo-woo is more scientific than regular woo-woo. It just gives the illusion, it gives the illusion of doing that. But its approach is not scientific at all. Um, Because for whatever reason, getting in touch with your chakras is less appealing to men than monitoring the levels of zinc and magnesium in your blood or worrying whether or not soy milk is going to give you bitch tits. Man woo-woo is more data-driven on the surface, but you're free to interpret and and cherry-pick that data however you want, and you can create whatever narrative makes you feel like you have some control over your life. Basically, the end result is the same. So for an example, let's say I've been feeling run down lately as a 40-year-old man, and I go get my blood levels checked, and my testosterone is low. I can take a scientific approach, get my testosterone checked every week for six weeks at different times of the day to see if my testosterone is consistently low, since testosterone levels fluctuate naturally throughout the day. And if they are consistently low, then I can do a deep dive to find out the cause and see if it's indicative of a larger health issue And then I can discuss the pros and cons of testosterone replacement therapy with my doctor. Or I can take the man woo-woo approach, go to a men's health and wellness marketplace, and buy some red deer antler velvet to spray under my tongue. Yes, that is a thing. I can go online, order up a bottle of dubiously sourced velvet from a deer's antler and then basically spray mating season in my mouth. Somehow it's a liquid. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it even works. Who fucking knows? But the first more scientific medical option is a long, expensive, tedious process. And at the end of which, there's a good chance I won't get a clear, a clear solution to my problem, to my low T. And if I do get an answer, I may not like it. What if my T is low because I've got ball cancer or heart disease? I don't want to have to deal with that information. So why would I seek that information out? Or worse, what if the doc tells me to quit drinking? And start exercising and eat fucking Brussels sprouts. What if I have to what if I have to like go through the onerous process of slightly changing my precious routine? I don't want to do that. With man woo-woo, I don't have to change anything. I can alleviate my anxiety over my own mortality with a little bit of disposable income. And that's really what disposable income is for. 
filling the holes in your life that work and family don't. Just a shot of deer jizz in the mouth twice a day and my cock is ready to impregnate Bambi's mom. So long as Bambi's mom isn't frolicking in a field of lavender, because apparently lavender is kryptonite for my testosterone and should be on the long list of many things that as a uh, 40-year-old man, I need to be live in fear of. Soy, lavender, BPAs, whatever those are in my moisturizer. And it seems like in the uh, market for woo-woo in general, I guess we can call it wellness, the wellness market. Uh, but I like woo-woo. Uh, It seems like that's grown in the last few years. And some of that, it's probably from Trump derangement syndrome. And I'm sure uh, COVID over the last year has not helped. There's a lot of, there's a lot of anxious little bunnies out there just freaking the fuck out. Uh, And they need products to uh, center themselves around. But I think a lot of it's also from the fact that like hard science is it's pretty stagnant lately. There's not really a lot going on in science. Like physics and math haven't had any major breakthroughs in half a century at least. String theory does not seem to be panning out. I've seen a couple articles where uh there's a few bold physicists who are uh saying we should just drop the whole idea of string theory it it uh either it doesn't exist or we're too dumb to figure it out uh space exploration i mean that's in a lull am i supposed to get excited because we have a fucking drone on mars now and some other drone we launched 40 years ago is finally outside the solar system it's like great so there's no chance that that voyager probe is going to run into anything remotely interesting before I die. <laughs> like, great. It's just floating out there. Uh, and then like our technology is just mostly focused on communication and computing, which is fucking boring because corporations think they can use those two things to eke out more productivity and profits. But they're finding out that in the long run, their growth has been pretty stagnant since computers have entered the workplace. So in order to maintain the illusion of infinite growth and keep stocks high, corporations have to do shady shit like stock buybacks and cut back on wages and benefits. And most people, most of us, who are low to mid-level employees or small business owners, we're figuring out that that the technology that was supposed to make our lives easier really just allows employers and corporations to demand even more and more productivity from us. I started to get suspicious about the supposed progress of technology in my early 20s in the Army. Because I was uh, fortunate enough to witness the the tail end of the uh, military-industrial complex. I was kind of on the front lines of that. Um... So we had this radio. It's like a VHF radio we just use for communications. Uh, I think it was a one, I forget the nomenclature. It's a 117 or maybe a 113. No, 113 is a, that's a tracked vehicle. I think it was 117. Prick once, PRC 117. Might be that. Anyway, it's a VHS radio. Basically it sends and receives along the same frequency that your, uh, you know, the radio in your car does. Um, And we use it for kind of short to mid-range communications. It's basically most any radio you've seen in a military movie, it's it's a VHS radio. Um, So we had this thing, I think it was called a 117. It was uh, was maybe 20, 25 pounds, you know, it was was a brick. And uh, for my job, I had to carry that in my fucking rucksack, my little backpack. We had to carry it up and down mountains and across the desert and all over the goddamn place. And then at some point we got a new version 
a smaller version, you know, it was like a PlayStation Slim. It was about a third of the size, a third of the weight, and everyone on my team got all excited because they're like, oh my God, thank God, we don't, like our rucksacks are going to be lighter. Life is going to be easier. We don't have to carry this goddamn brick up and down a mountain. And uh, we were happy because like we didn't just have to carry that. We Our, our rucksacks were at least 100 pounds. Anytime we had to do a mission or training for a mission, we had a shitload of shit. That wasn't the only radio we had to carry. We had f- at least four radios on us plus other equipment. Um, and then that doesn't even count like your gun and your bullets and grenades and your body armor and your helmet and your gas mask and everything. So each of us individually probably carrying around 150 pounds worth of shit, which seems impossible to do. And it kind of was almost impossible to do, but somehow we still did it. And most everybody had like knee surgeries and slip discs and stress fractures in their feet. And, you know, it was it was breaking us. So we get a new radio, a third the weight. It's kind of like a present initially. But then quickly we started to figure out that, oh, no, it, life doesn't get easier. The powers that be, our commanders, the the army, the collective military, they know that we can accomplish and complete a mission with 150 pounds of shit on each of us. Why would they allow us to carry less? Sure, the radio is a third the weight. Well, now we have more room for a little more food, a little more water, a couple more batteries, and instead of doing a seven or a 10-day mission, now we can do a full-on 14-day mission. Our lives didn't get easier. Our lives just got harder. Now we're carrying the same amount of weight, and we're going to be out on the mission even longer. That is progress. And uh, I think, you know, we're all starting to figure it out, how email does not make your life easier. Um, and I'd say it's taken as a given that women are more in touch with their emotions than men. And that's probably true. Um, I would add that women also tend to be more obsessed with their emotions, often to an unhealthy degree. And that's where woo woo kind of, kind of slips in for women the feminine version of woo-woo. Men tend to be more obsessed with their productivity, often at the expense of their well-being, while women are a little more obsessed with their well-being, often at the expense of their productivity. And that's kind of where the divide for traditional, kind of more feminine woo-woo and masculine woo-woo comes in. Woo-woo's kind of all about your feelings. Man woo-woo is more about getting shit done. It's not it's not so much into the feelings. It they, they try to the marketers try to appeal to men through their sense of wanting to get more shit done and be more productive. <clears throat> At least in America. Men and women in Russia or China or Brazil may care about different things, but in the US all we're really told to care about are our feelings. You know, our feelings are our inner truth and that's the only thing that matters and then we're told what our feelings should be by media politicians corporations who are all trying to just sell us shit um and for men we will have negative feelings about our lack of productivity or our lack of success so is man woo woo just bro science? I would say no. Yes and no. I kind of think of man woo woo as encompassing bro science and then expanding on it. Bro science is pretty much just gym shit. Like dubiously researched workout tips and, you know, supplement, maybe a little nutrition stuff. It's mostly related to like 
getting buff and getting a six pack. Whereas man woo woo kind of encompasses a whole lifestyle. Like workout tips, supplements, and steroids expanded to include shit like meditation, hair and skin care, and general lifestyle advice. It's a little more like life coaching and bro science and workout shit is just kind of a smaller part of that. Early bro science assumes every man wanted to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, that was kind of like what you wanted to be. Or that's what we were told what we should want to be. Most of us were kind of like, I don't really want to be Hulk Hogan. I like Hulk Hogan. I don't want to be Hulk Hogan. Kind of that thing. Um, Now there are products and lifestyle blogs for all, whatever type of man you want to be. If you want to be like The Rock, we got you covered. If you want to be like Robert Pattinson, we got you. If you want to be like Elliot Page, welcome to the patriarchy. That being said, the majority of man woo-woo shit still kind of sets up The Rock and Chris Hemsworth and Jason Momoa as like the paradigm of man shit. I think probably because it, it just costs more money to achieve that look. Like it's expensive to look like The Rock. That's a lot of steroids and a lot of supplements and a lot of fitness shit. And that's a lot of shit that can potentially be sold to you. Because if you want to look like Elliot Page, it's basically free. You just starve yourself. Starving costs nothing. But the catch-22 is that you can't really starve yourself because capitalism won't let you. Here's an interesting bit of trivia. I don't like the phrase fun fact. It annoys me. I'll just call it an interesting bit of trivia. The Western world spends more money on diet and weight loss products than the entire world combined spends on food. That is the evil genius of capitalism. It sells us the food that makes us fat, and then it turns around and sells us the antidote. And because next to no one actually loses weight and keeps it off, most of us are buying the shitty food that makes us fat, At the same time, we're buying the weight loss products simultaneously. Capitalism wins every time. Actually, I've been on uh, YouTube lately. They've been throwing a weight loss commercial at me. And I find it interesting because it's, um, I think it might be the first like weight loss commercial targeted to men that doesn't mention also putting on muscle. That's kind of always been the thing where there's weight loss shit for women. That's just about losing weight and looking sexy. When they try to do weight loss shit for men, it's always packaged with also adding muscle. So I find that change a little interesting because it's basically, it's just a bunch of fucking dad bods in the commercial. And it's, it's nothing about also working out. It's like they gave up trying to get men to work out. <laughs> it's just strictly losing a bit of weight not being quite such a fat fuck, but you're still going to have a dad bod. They're like really lowering the bar (laughs) for weight loss shit for men. (laughs) It's like, hey, we promise you, you're never going to have to do a push-up. You know, you're just going to drop a couple waist sizes, but we promise you we're not going to make you do anything else. (laughs) Ah... And there's lots of blogs, lots of man woo-woo blogs and podcasts. One of my favorite blogs, not really because the content, I just find it encapsulates like the man woo-woo aesthetic really well. Uh, It's called Jordan Gray Consulting. Because first of all, the name Jordan Gray, that's just awesome marketing. Like, I doubt that's the guy's real name. It sounds like... It's, you know, that's his alter ego because the name Jordan Gray is totally the alter ego of a superhero. Like it's, it's Bruce Wayne, but instead of a bat cave, he's got like a tasteful sex dungeon slash CrossFit gym in the basement. (laughs) Like, 
you know, he's got a closet full of three-piece suits and also kettlebells. That is Jordan Gray. <laughs> it's very like a James Bond type name. And for the low price of 19.99, you can download his ebook. The title of which is "How to Develop Your Masculine Edge: Nine Steps to Becoming a Beast." And that is the quintessential man woo woo. Because what that title actually means is how to get a bigger dick. That's what the title's saying. Maybe a little more specifically, like how to cultivate big dick energy. That might be a little more accurate. Because at no point does he promise to give you a bigger dick. But he's kind of like giving you advice on how to walk around in the world as if you do have a big dick. When I was growing up in the, you know, 80s, early 90s, like big dick energy then was pretty much like professional wrestling. And Wall Street, Gordon Gecko, or like rock star energy, you know, like hair rock, uh, like Motley Crue, Poison. That was like big dick energy. It was big, it was bold, it was loud. And uh, it was at least as much about impressing other men as it was impressing women. You know, it's Donald Trump getting a blowjob on a gold toilet. That was like 80s big dick energy. Um, we have more nukes than you. <laughs> you know, it's real old Cold War shit. And that still exists. Um, you know, Trump is still a thing. That mentality. And I think it still probably holds a lot of appeal. That's why, you know, he got so many voters. Um, and there are kind of younger versions of that. So now it's, you know, I guess a younger version would be like Dan Bilzerian or Logan Paul. You know, just like a lot of, a lot of bravado, a lot of shit talking, a lot of bold, dubious claims as to the source of your wealth. You know, shit like that. Uh, but now there's other flavors of big dick energy you can sell to men who, who don't want to be so conspicuous. Because the Trump kind of version, the Trump 80s version of big dick energy is also just like real immature and boyish um, and not at all subtle. It's not classy. Despite Trump saying everything's classy, it's not. It's kind of gaudy and cheap. And some men prefer to be, you know, a little more stoic, more laconic, understated, you know, more like Clint Eastwood or Obama. Obama's like a class, you know, classic, classy man. Um, I get the, I get the idea that Jordan Gray is kind of selling more version of that, less Trump, more Obama. He's kind of selling the, uh, the American samurai, meditating in a garden. I'll probably never actually use it. But under this kimono, I've got a big fucking sword. You know, that kind of big dick energy. I got a big dick. Hopefully you'll never see it. Like that kind of thing. Um, but it's still a hustle. It's a good classic American hustle. From a long tradition of tribal shamans and village witches and medieval alchemists, and then classic Wild West frontier snake oil salesmen. And then all the way up to like, you know, Miss Cleo 1900 psychics, you know, that I grew up watching those infomercials. And also, I don't want to really want to discount the impact that woo-woo has on legit science. So if I wanted to have like a generous interpretation of woo-woo, I can say it's just... It's just one way of trying to make sense of the universe, you know? Because <laughs> a lot of science and technology, you know, it came from woo-woo shit. Like, village witches became doctors. Mm, alchemists became chemists. Palm readers became psychotherapists. 
does my dead mother in the spirit world forgive me became how can I forgive my mother for what she put me through so I can move on with my life? You know, it's, they're both trying to address the same need. One may actually be a little more sincere in its attempt to help people, but neither are free. (laughs) A palm reader and a psychotherapist, you know, they're both going to send you a bill. Um, I'd say man woo woo. It's it's tough to say when it started. It just kind of evolved. But I know around the uh, like the turn of the maybe the middle of the nineteenth century towards the the turn of the twentieth century, um, advertisers started marketing to men and women differently. Well, really, that was kind of like the beginning of advertising, and advertising was uh, really only basically charlatans and snake oil salesmen did advertising like legit products and companies you know they considered advertising like distasteful um so you know sears didn't really advertise until maybe around you know the early 20th century it was really like breakfast cereal um when that was invented around i think it was like 1903 or something it was uh not kellogg i think it was actually some christian some weird christian culty um like vegetarian shit was like they invented breakfast cereal and then kellogg dr kellogg kind of was like that's a great idea i'm gonna make my own breakfast cereal and call it granola and then he marketed it and he started doing the advertising or something like that. Yeah. But really like advertising was not considered like legitimate, a legitimate way to push your product until breakfast cereal. And then they kind of started it and people were, they started making much of money and cause really breakfast cereal, I guess really tasted like shit back then, but it didn't matter. Um, it was pretty interesting. I would, uh, Google that and read up on it. But, um, yeah, that's about the time they started marketing like to men and women differently, especially food. Because before then, like men and women just ate the same shit. It wasn't. But now um, food is marketed to men and women like very differently. And like post-World War II, food was, you know, women did most of the food shopping. So they would be marketed to as to like what they should buy to feed their husbands. And that food was different than the food they would purchase for themselves. Um, and that, that's still, I can see that today. I just, you know, I had a little Amazon grocery delivery. They fucked up, gave me a couple bags that someone else had ordered. And what was in the bags was clearly fat girl food. (laughs) Like I knew whoever ordered these groceries, it was not a man. It was fat girl food. It was like. It was like two 12-packs of Diet Coke and then also a couple boxes of like Kind Bars and then these bullshit like lame cookies, not even good cookies. These were like uh, health food cookies, like not healthy, but marketed as healthy. So these were like, you know, 100-calorie like coconut crisp, like just shit cookies. (laughs) Like if you're going to order cookies, who the fuck would order these? But I knew it was like some fat girl, like I really want cookies, but I'm trying to be good. So I'll just like buy these shitty cookies, you know, and she's going to eat like three bags of these things until, you know, she gets her sugar high. Uh, It's total girlfriend. Like no man would order this shit because we're not marketed to that way. Women are marketed to that way. So, that's why she's, despite all her best intentions, she's never going to lose any weight, this poor bitch. Um, yeah, and cigarettes. I think cigarettes are the first product I remember reading about that were, you know, they were invented and marketed to women because, like, cigars and other tobacco products were it's unladylike to have some, like, 
Victorian era lady just puffing on a cigar. So they invented cigarettes for women, but then men started smoking cigarettes too. So they quickly became a non-binary commodity. And maybe there were some old timey conservatives, you know, back in, you know, 1902 who lamented the feminization of men, the pussification of the American man because men were smoking lady cigarettes. <laughs> but a hundred years later, clearly no one gave, no one gives a shit. Um, nobody ever called James Dean a bitch because he smoked cigarettes and not cigars. Um, and a lot, yeah, I guess a lot of it has to do with our idea of traditional masculinity and what that is. You know, it kind of hasn't changed. I guess that's why they call it traditional. Um, so now I'd say in 2021, a man can do yoga. And, but it's not about exploring his feminine side. A man can be a man and do yoga. Maybe in the 90s, you know, you might think you were gay if a man was doing yoga. Now nobody gives a shit, but it's also a way you market yoga to men. Um, nobody's going to get a man to do yoga so he can get in touch with his fucking chakras because a man's going to go like, what's a fucking chakra? You show me a chakra and an MRI. You do that and then I'll believe one exists. Um, but if you tell a man, you know, if you do yoga, it's going to like bump your testosterone up. Cool. He's going to go in and start doing a fucking downward dog you know as a man i can meditate but i'm not really you know i'm not exploring my inner self or if i am exploring my inner self i'm only doing it in order to increase my performance you know to vanquish all the personal foibles and peccadilloes that are holding me back holding me back from what i don't know holding me back from unleashing my inner beast what is my inner beast going to do for me? I don't know. Shut up, bitch. Stop being a sissy lala and go do hot yoga. Unleash your inner beast. Kill it at your career. You know, you just have to frame it in a way that appeals to, I guess, that idea of traditional masculinity, which is getting shit done. But there's really no such thing as traditional masculinity. All types of men has, have existed at all times. Like, there's no such thing as a typical American diet. I read that all the time. And I go, I don't, you know, lamenting fat America and their traditional American diet. I don't know what that a traditional American diet is supposed to be. Is it steak and potatoes? Is it hot wings and fries? McDonald's and Chick-fil-A? I guess I have an idea when they say traditional American diet, it's McDonald's. And I'm sure there's plenty of fat fucks who, you know, every meal is McDonald's, but, or is it tuna casserole? <laughs> like, I don't, what is the traditional American diet supposed to be? And what's a Mediterranean diet? They don't explain that either. It's just nothing. It's just whatever it is to get you feel bad about whatever you're doing and get you to buy different shit. That's really... There's no Mediterranean diet. None of these phrases actually mean anything because they're not specific enough. Like if you want me to switch from butter to olive oil, that's specific. If you just say Mediterranean diet, what the fuck is that? They eat lasagna all day? Do they even eat lasagna in Italy? I don't know. I kind of doubt it. I kind of think of that as like a Jersey Shore delicacy. <clears throat> And why the fuck, why would I want to eat like a petite, effete Italian dude smoking a cigarette while he rides a Vespa? How is that supposed to appeal to me as an American man? He, that dude might be manly as fucking Florence, but not in America. That dude's a bitch. I kind of, I kind of wish they would uh, promote the Scandinavian diet. So I can just be a six foot four blonde mountain, you know, 
I want to eat like I rode across the North Sea, killed a bunch of Christians, and pillaged a monastery. That's how I want to eat. Except it probably involves like pickled herring, and that does not sound very appetizing. There was uh, traditional masculinity when uh, there was this guy I worked with in the army. Um, he would, I remember he would say all the time that uh, you're not a man if you don't drive a truck. And he'd say this because I, I drove an Altima at the time. <laughs> and, and like, I would laugh at his face. Because, like, what we all, like, all of us there, we basically jumped out of planes and blew shit up for a living. All of us. Like, all of us did that. So, somehow that wasn't good enough. I also had to drive a pickup truck, too, to be a man. (laughs) And the guy wasn't super bright, so it was fun to fuck with him, you know? But, uh... Eventually, that guy ended up uh, getting caught. Basically, he left his smoking hot, six-figure earning pharmacist wife for some fat, unemployed mother of four. <laughs> like, seriously traded down. And that was pretty eye-opening for me because I realized, like, oh, he couldn't handle being married to this you know, wealthy, successful, intelligent woman. That made him feel like less of a man. So he had to trade down, which I found hilarious. <laughs> All of a sudden, his, his, his truck comments made a lot of sense. <laughs> and all of us were like, you are an idiot. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like... Uh, it made sense, though. Really, what we call traditional masculinity is just a list of unwritten behavioral rules that are specific to whatever era or culture or economic class that you're a part of. If you've ever uh, you ever seen like an illustration of what Louis the Fourteenth was supposed to look like. Louis XIV was considered, like, the manliest man of his era. He was, uh, he was George Bush getting out of the cockpit on the deck of an aircraft carrier. And Louis XIV wore a wig with long curls, pantyhose, high-heeled shoes, uh, a garment that basically was a dress... Heavily make heavily made up, like tons of just powder, caked on powder on his face, uh, and a sword. And he was the manliest motherfucker of his age. That was traditional masculinity. It was basically dressing in drag and carrying a sword. Other forms of traditional masculinity, I, I don't know, Ben Franklin. I mean, all of our founding fathers, they're all wearing wigs, pantyhose, high-heeled shoes. When I hear or read, you know, just the phrase traditional masculinity now, like, I don't know what that means. You know, we've been in this postmodern era since the fucking 1960s, so whatever our concept of traditional masculinity is, it, it comes from, I guess, the first half of the 20th century, which kind of echoes spaghetti western old hollywood you know maybe like the the old hollywood version of a gunslinger like a john wayne type maybe or maybe old timey actors like rock hudson gary cooper frank sinatra you know a a manly singer (laughs) it's a manly crooner Uh, but those men now in the 21st century, like they're basically fictional mythical characters at this point. They might as well be Ulysses. When someone references traditional masculinity now, I guess they'll typically name like Don Draper or Tony Soprano as like examples 
who are actual fictional characters that don't exist, played by actors who are nothing like those characters and written by pasty, stoop-shouldered, skinny-fat TV writers. Like, what the fuck is traditional masculinity? You look at an NFL player, you look at an NBA player, I guess you have to go to sports, maybe. Um, it doesn't really, you know, for most of us, it. I don't know if this is really a such thing anymore. It doesn't really, whatever the definition was, nobody cares except Candace Owens. And she married a gay British dude. Uh, so I guess man woo woo was kind of started with bro science and it was interesting in the early 2000s, there was this, this like pickup artist, basically it's kind of like documented or I don't know if the book was like fictional or, or a memoir. I don't know what you can consider, but it was called the game. It was pretty popular. Um, I think Neil Strauss is the name of the writer. And basically, he was, had embedded himself with these little enclaves of uh, pickup artists. They were, they were basically like little cults. And they would, they would go to bars. It's basically a bunch of like pussy-ass dudes or betas. Um, that was a thing back then. Too. I guess I still hear it now. Like alpha male and beta male. Like these things don't really exist. You know, we're not, we're homo sapiens. We're not wolves. Um, you know, our social structure structure isn't like, isn't that simple as far as like having one alpha male in charge. Um, but in the early two thousands, there were these like pickup artists. Uh, I think there was a show on MTV too. Some guy named like, was he mystery? I don't know, but they were ridiculous. Um, and that was basically the opposite of bro science. Bro science was kind of for like that quote alpha male, go to the gym, get buff. And then the pickup artist was for the nerds. It wasn't for the jocks. It was basically like supposedly it was going to teach nerds and incels how to steal the jocks hot girlfriends by doing like these little... I don't know, these little like mind control tricks. Um, that was the whole game. The whole game of the pickup artist was designed for men who were the opposite demographic of bro science. It wasn't for dudes who went to the gym. Um, it was a cult for nerds. And why do I call them a cult? Here's why. You know you are in a woo-woo man cult when they tell you to stop masturbating. <laughs> The pickup artists did it. The Proud Boys did it. When a club or organization starts setting rules or guidelines about your sexual behavior with yourself, it's a fucking cult. Um, so what I've noticed in the last 10 years or so is kind of that old school bro science and the pickup artist pseudo psychology have kind of merged and softened a bit. You know, they're less extreme. Um, I guess like less toxic, both of those things were kind of, you know, they could be pretty toxic. Um, so if you soften those two things, merge them together, add in a little paleo diet, some meditation, you know, uh, marketing for testosterone specific supplements. And then also like long lists, long blog lists of products to avoid because they supposedly encourage estrogen production or, or they interfere with your testosterone production, then you're getting to the essence of man woo-woo. It's kind of a mix of Western pop psychology, some fringe science, a little Eastern woo-woo thrown in there. Um, all of it pretty much centered around dicks and your dick's support system. Because man woo-woo essentially is and always has been about dicks. Contemporary man woo-woo just expands their range from literal dicks to, it can get a little touchy-feely, how you feel about your dick. You know, now there are dick pills, which have been around for a while, 
And there's also meditation courses to enhance your performance at your job so you can be more successful and make more money and feel more confident so you can attract a partner who will appreciate how big those pills made your dick. Because what's the point of murdering the last rhinoceros and grinding up its horn to put in your tea if you've got no one to share it with, you know? And also it's softened because like nowadays it's the man woo woo. It's not so much about sleeping with hordes of women like it was in the past. Now it's a lot more about vague aspirations and lots of vague buzzwords like it's more vital, it's more primal, more virile, it's stronger, faster, better, smarter, more productive, more creative. Um, real short on like specific goals, because by not stating specific goals, you, the potential customers, you just kind of plug in your own goal. And it's a growth industry. Pun fucking intended. There are a lot of... Uh, man-woo-woo gurus, and some of them may actually be helpful and informative. There's a couple I like, and I might check in with them from time to time to see what their opinion is on something I'm curious about. I am certainly not immune to indulging in a little man-woo-woo from time to time. I, too, would like to develop my masculine edge and unleash my inner beast as much as the next son of a bitch. So I might see what Jordan Gray or Tim Ferriss or Aubrey Marcus has to say on something. And I might even drop a little cash on something to shake me out of a rut. Usually in February. Which I guess is why I'm talking about this now. Because we've just come out of February and a mild bout of seasonal depression. You know, March, April hits, I'm ready to shake shit up. So I might look for something i never done before. And maybe the new workout routine is better than the old one. Maybe it's just just the uh, the change itself that you respond to. You're just switching it up. Maybe supplements from Onnit are better than supplements from Jocko. Or maybe my lizard brain is just responding to the fact that it's spring. I'm less interested in man woo woo marketed to women that's kind of a separate thing there's man woo woo that's marketed to men and then there's man woo woo marketed to women so women buy shit for their men i guess that is kind of interesting like intellectually it's interesting and it's kind of hilarious but like i'm not gonna buy anything from goop for men Although Goop for Men is funny, because Goop is funny. Like, I don't know if it's intentional. I'll give Gwyneth the benefit of the doubt and say, like, you know, she has a sense of humor about her uh, wellness business. Um, so if you go to Goop for Men, and there is Goop for Men, because uh, they want to sell shit to men. Or maybe they don't. It seems more like they want to sell shit to women to buy for their men. Um, so you go to the webpage for Group for Men, and right away there's a large, there's a bunch of vegetables, and right in the middle of the vegetables, there's a large phallic zucchini, which is kind of funny. Um, you know, it's surrounded by other veg vegetables, so it's not too on the nose, but it's pretty clear that it's intentional. Um, it's also pretty clear that they don't mind if you know it's intentional. So it's a little like, it's a little tongue-in-cheek, cock-in-cheek, winky, you know. Because um, clearly they're saying, like, buy our products if you want your man to have a big, stiff, swinging dick. Also, they're kind of marketing a specific kind of man that I find is a little more appealing to upper middle class white women with disposable income. Uh, and this man would be also upper middle class, married, kids, liberal, probably West Coast, 
wants to be seen as a good man, you know, a loving father, attentive husband, maybe a gentle gentleman athlete, you know. He doesn't do MMA. He does squash, tennis. Maybe he swims laps every morning. You know, something kind of manly but not aggressive. And then underneath his chinos and sweater vest, he's packing a big, stiff, upper-middle-class swinging dick that younger women who have shitty relationships with their own fathers can't resist. That is a goop fella. That's what they call goop for men. They're goop fellas. It's hilarious. It's kind of a softer masculinity. It's, uh, it's not cage fighter. It's not Wall Street corporate raider. But it's also not feminine. It's more, you know, like a 21st century Victorian gentleman. Uh, and I'd say it's pretty smart. Goop is, Goop is smarter at marketing than other companies trying to sell shit to men. Because they realize they're going to be more successful marketing their version of masculinity to women. It's women who are going to buy the shit for their husbands or boyfriends. Not many men are going to be like giving up their credit card info to Goop. They're kind of selling a version of masculinity that appeals to women. Uh, kind of like that uh, Gillette commercial that last year or two years ago. I think it was a Super Bowl commercial. Basically, it's, you know, controversial Gillette commercial. Um, a lot of men didn't like it because uh, it was basically saying that men are pieces of shit and they need to change. But what the men didn't realize is that that commercial wasn't for men. Like, Gillette's been kind of failing because there are lots of other, lots of other more convenient and cheaper options to buy razors. And Gillette's always been kind of a scam. Like, Gillette razors are way too expensive, like unnecessarily expensive. It doesn't cost that much to make a fucking razor blade. Um, I mean, they're so expensive. You go to CVS to buy a Gillette razor. You got to get somebody who works at the store to unlock them for you because people will just steal them. Like <laughs> if you stop charging so much for your razors, people won't fucking steal them. I'm not paying $50 for six razors. You're out of your mind. So, and also men, you know, the last 10 years stop shaving as much you know beards got more popular so Gillette's kind of Gillette's business was not doing as well but they come out with this uh you know pro kind of it wasn't even pro women it was just anti it's kind of like an anti-man commercial in the wake of the the me too movement and men got angry but it was actually kind of smart marketing because Clearly, Gillette decided, like, well, men aren't buying our razors. We can try to compete with all these other alternatives. Or we can just market our our razors for women who secretly want to hate men. And they'll buy our razors for their husbands. That's just the approach. So the commercial, you know, men got mad, but the commercial wasn't for men. It was for women to buy razors for their husbands and put them in their fucking Christmas stockings. That's kind of what Goop does. But Goop isn't purposely insulting men like Gillette did. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I got it out of here. Anyway, I guess I'll say I like man woo-woo. I find it interesting and kind of amusing like I find most marketing and advertising um, and I'm not above it you know I'll indulge in a little man woo woo there's no shame in indulging in a little man woo woo just so long as you approach it with some skepticism and a sense of humor you know keep an eye out for scams there's plenty of scams no fantastic claims of efficacy also there's a lot of lost men out there. I would just say be very skeptical of any kind of group or club for men. If you're looking to learn how to be a man, how to make sense of the world as a man, you might be tempted to join some kind of club 
or men's group. But that club is going to be full of men who join for the same thing. They are also trying to learn to be a man, which means no one in the club knows how to be a man. And it might be a cult. How do you know if it's a cult? If someone, some guru, even hints, hints to you that you shouldn't jerk off so much, that you should save your primal energy, fucking run. Run like your fucking ass is on fire. <laughs>